Yes, KCSF, your community, your radio, World Fridays with Antonino and special guest in the studio, Jimmy Love, DJ Jimmy Love. 
Hey, welcome. Nice. Ah, thank you very much. Welcome here. Welcome. Jimmy Love is also co-founder of uh, Nonstop Bangra. It's this uh, monthly event in uh, SF with uh, Bangra music, Indian music, with dance, with... Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete <laughs> experience no? with, with dancers. Yes, we do, we do a full uh, dance lesson. We have a full 10-girl uh, dance troupe. It actually does multiple performances throughout the night, as well as a few dull drummers who... Uh, and drummers. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's going to be tomorrow at uh, the Public Works. So we're having here Jim, Jimmy, because he's also a producer and uh, a DJ. So, And the team of the day is going to be Indian, Bangra, Bangradon, <laughs> and something, something, something yeah, else. And some Bangra fusion stuff, so... Yes. So keep listening to us with Jimmy, DJ Jimmy Love here in the studio. KCSF, your community, your radio.
And yes, here we are, KCSF, your community, your radio 90.9 in San Francisco with Jimmy Love, DJ Jimmy Love. We just heard one, uh, was um, uh, your, the first one, uh, Electric India, is your production. Yeah, that one's all original. All original. And then a remix. We just heard uh, Manji Mahal in a, a remix, a Bangraton remix. Yes, yes. I do so a lot of Bangraton remixes. You, you do uh, a lot of Bangraton remix. And uh, that's the music mostly we're gonna hear uh, at the Nostal Bangra. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. A lot of uh, straight ahead Bangra and then like a little bit of Bangra 10 and then some mashups. This month, though, we're out, we are doing the, uh, the entire public workspace alongside with um, Hookadome from the big Burning Man camp that does like kind of like world music, wompy, wompy bass stuff. So it's gonna kind of be a very big plethora of music t- this weekend. Yeah, so tomorrow is gonna be. When you start, you start. This is the eighty eightieth event, huh? Yeah, this Number is uh, this is eighty. Yeah, this one's eighty. We started about eight years ago in October. Ago. Okay. Yeah, so it's a long running monthly. It's long running monthly, and uh, oh, your let's. Uh, I mean, I got some curiosity. When <laughs> um, lo- your love for Indian music started, because you are you are from uh, you are from the U.S. Yes, I am. I was originally born in New Mexico, actually, New Mexico. Okay. and then I moved all around the U.S. I moved here from Arizona, okay. and where I was really bitten by the um, Indian bug was actually on a trip about a year before I moved out here, about 15 years ago, 16 okay. years ago. Okay. Um, I came up here, I was actually a rave promoter at the time, and um, I did a lot of underground parties, and I was doing my last party in Arizona. I came up to Arizona to find talent, to, to find a DJ that I was going to fly down. And uh, walking up and down the Hate Street, I, I picked up a bunch of mixtapes back in those days. You actually got yeah. mixtapes. Yeah. Um, I got a mixtape by this guy named DJ Radley, who was part of a crew out here that did more uh, techno and trance events. And on the way back home, I listened to it, and it was actually a mix of uh, like South Asian underground music and Bhangra mixed together with a little bit of like dance hall fusion. Um, a lot of Talvin Singh back then, and it was mid-90s, so it was right as Talvin yeah. Singh was at yeah, his height. It was bigger than that. And, uh, you know, I just fell in love with it, and so I booked him to come out to Arizona, and it was a really random thing to throw at Arizona Ravers, but I just, something about the music I fell in love with. So so you came like a talent, talent scouting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens a lot. A lot of people don't realize, like, Ravers, you know, once parties become a big enough production where you're putting that much money into it, because it was, you know, ten to $20,000 productions, you really do need to go to another city and try to find the talent that's bubbling. And you don't normally get that, you know, in Arizona. There's no, back then there was no internet. There was no real way to find out, like, who was the hot DJ in San Francisco. So back then a lot of DJs or promoters at that time used to fly to San Francisco, New York, a couple of the major markets to, get, uh, to find the to talent. Find the fan talent. And uh, so this was the when you started loving Indian music. And uh, Nostal Bangra when it started, like, uh, when you moved here? No, m- much later. I moved here, and um, I actually was a QA engineer for a while. And then, okay. and then I p- spent about four or five years painting for a living. I was yeah. actually a muralist, and, uh, yeah. and I showed in galleries off and on, like, pretty much every month for years. And, uh, and then, you know, I fell back into the groove of DJing again about ten years ago. And uh, I played a lot of other music, and then I met Vicky Verk, who runs Dole Rhythms Dance Troupe, and uh, we started dating. And, uh, you know, just I was around Bongo pretty much all the time, and I loved the music. And it was just the more I was around it, the more I got into it, and the more I started to understand all the, all the artists and the different, you know, eras of it and the different styles of, of Bongo, So, And that was the, the first. So your first, like uh, eight years ago, the first Bongo was... Uh 
like uh, totally different than it is now. I mean, developing these years, developing. It is. I mean, it's it's definitely come a long way in the last eight years. I mean, it had you know near massive success when um, Punjabi MC had Jay Z on a track, and everyone thought Bangra was going to be huge, and you know hip hop and bhangra really crossed over back then and i would say for the last like 8 10 years it's pretty much not changed mm-hmm. you know there's there's becoming more and more f- quote unquote like folk artists coming out a lot of people with more traditional sounds with new production which is great because that was what was kind of missing um it's kind of coming out of the years of really trying to like look up to hip hop and try to be like hip hop it's getting back to its roots and then a lot of the production value has gone up so much that now it's actually a lot of uh, the producers are really going after like um, electronic music and mixing the two and taking out some of the folk, but not just replacing it with really bad hip hop, you know, like actually mixing it with really good production. So it's really come a long way. And I would say the last like two, three years. So. And some, uh, can, can you explain to us some distinctive uh, like, like side of Bangra music, some distinctive <laughs> things of Bangra music? Uh, it really all comes down to the dole. There's there's this big barrel sized drum that is at the heart of Bangra. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it, the way I describe it when we when we get to a venue and I meet the sound guy is they're always trying to like add multiple mics to it and I'm like this thing is like the uh electric guitar of drums. Oh, drum. It's so yeah. loud most venues that we play at we don't even plug it in. Okay. It's it's that loud. And it really is like any song that you hear it's that kind of like driven beat that kind of kind of is like reggaeton it's it's got that same kind of you know bass hi-hat you know flangy fun feel to it so yeah and also i mean was just uh, nominated like um, best of the bay like best uh, one of the best monthly party of the bay on the guardian uh yeah we we, well we were runner-up in the guardian last year and then we also won seven by seven magazine gave us best dance party so and we pretty much every year get S- you know, some, one, some one or award. two awards. Yeah, we usually mm-hmm. we've we you know we've been very fortunate. It's it's the Bay Area has been really really good to us, and I don't think that we would have the same success that we've had here in pretty much any other city in the U.S. Yeah, because this city like accept and uh, make uh, its own all the diversity, all the culture, and yeah, and just people here just are open for you know for so much. Like I've I've in the last five, six years, I've really started to fly around the U.S. and North, you know, I've also played a lot in Canada. Um, you know, every town I go to, people are like, oh, we have a really diverse crowd. And then I get there and there's like two or three white people and it's mostly Indian. However, the Bay Area, it's like our crowd can be like some months really super mixed. And, you know, you just don't get that in any other city. And other cities have been trying as hard. And every time I travel and come back, I just realize like how lucky we are in the Bay Area. Like, with just that the general audience is so yeah. open-minded because you don't get that, you know, as much on the road. Usually, you get to another city and it's a, you know, primarily Indian crowd, and the local community doesn't really like. I don't know. They don't really share. They don't connect. It's it's strange. Yeah, I've seen this when I first moved in the U.S. Like, there are lots of groups, but are like different groups no like yeah. here is more mixed it's still like this but it's more mixed it's more like integra- yeah. like integrated like and um you know i know you know this as a, as a bay area dj um djs here are really sharing like i have a lot of friends like we had a, a friend from new york move out here and try to do a run in in the bay area and live here for a few years and uh, he the first thing he said is like san francisco djs and just people in the music scene here are, are really sharing Whereas, like a lot of other cities, it's really competitive. People really make their niche market. They don't want anybody else in it. They don't want to help anybody within it. Yeah. But here, you know, I can play Dub Mission, which I'm not even 
known as a reggae DJ one week yeah. and I could play Afrolicious and everybody is really sharing. And yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it's a testament of the people that live here in the Bay area. Everyone's really open. No one's really trying to like hold that nugget too much for themselves. Like everyone's trying to turn more people onto their music and you have to, if yeah. you're, if you're going to have a crowd. No, I see, I see like with my own eyes, this, and uh, it's, it's very good. Like it's very, my, it's also the spirit of San Francisco because like you, like me, like, uh, Afrolicious guy, I don't know where the the dub mission came from, but mm -hmm. we we came here and uh, we like. I mean, once you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. Right? In San Francisco, <laughs> do as the San Franciscans do. No? And uh, here is like the most progressive place. I mean, in the U.S. or in the West, uh, yeah. in Europe, it's very uh, comparing to Europe. This this place is very progressive. So. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, it's a plus for an uh, event promoter, for a DJ, a musician, like to to be like as wide as possible and, yeah. and like incorporate different reality, different experience in their project. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm, I feel very fortunate to be here. Yeah. So t tomorrow, like for example, you're gonna have uh, the whole house, the whole public works because it's gonna be also upstairs. What is? is yeah, we're taking over upstairs too. So we moved in January of uh this year into public works from the rickshaw stop where we were at for seven and a half years um the first three have done really really well we were hoping to grow and the last two months we've oversold the venue <laughs> wow. and uh so this month they're giving us the first time doing the upstairs room which opens up another like 300 people that can that can fit in we, we our goal for this year is to start like mixing up our nights a little bit more with other musics that way we can bring in more djs from yeah. different sounds and share um, we started a party about two years ago at the Elbow Room that's quarterly called Family Vibes, which yeah. we just had one two weeks ago. Um, and that event that we, we started was because we were kind of niched into just being a bonger party and nobody was like booking us or putting us with other artists that we decided because we just came off of a bunch of tours where we played on a festival stage with 10 other artists. And we were like, why is San Francisco not booking us? So we started this event about two years ago. And... Um, what we did is we picked a whole different culture and we mashed it up with us. And so Family Vibes is our party mixed with something else. Okay. And that has been really amazing. Like we just did one with Bang Dada, which is a really awesome cumbia group. Yeah, Bang Dada. I'm, yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm reading a lot of <laughs> stuff about him. Yeah. And I, I checked some music. I'm going to have him. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they are super, super cool, super nice. And with that night, what we've been doing is, is, um, because we have a big dance troupe, I get some of the girls to, um, they pick out two or three of their favorite songs and then they rehearse with the band. And so we do things where like our drummers come out with them and their drummer will come back out with us. And I just feel like it creates this thing where like every time we do it, you know, the next NSB will get a bunch of Latin people who maybe have never heard of Bangra and they come out and they're just like, whoa, this music is amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that you get when you tour. Like when we went on tour last year, even, even last year we played San Jose Jazz Festival down in, in San Jose. And uh, the whole street filled up, and it was a mix of, you know, Punjabis and a lot of, like, Latin and white and Chinese, and they were all just going crazy. And they are like, what is this music? Yeah. And that's what you get when you go on the road, but sometimes in the city you get locked into, like, a little, you know, box where everyone's yeah. like, oh, that's just the Afrolicious parties. They're just like yeah. this. And, you know, you don't really – at one point you hit a point where you don't really grow yeah. any, and that's kind of one thing that we've really wanted to do with public works and – having the big space is big space so uh, extend uh, okay yeah i mean and you get to meet more people and it's it becomes yeah. even more fun because there's only so much you can you know this is a weekly dj or monthly dj there's only so many times you can roll in and do the yeah. same party and play the same kind of exactly. you know 
<laughs> so it's going to be also Surya Dub. Uh, there'll be Kush Aurora from Surya okay. Dub will be in the house. Um, we have Jeff Stott, who's on Six Degree Records. It'll be his official CD release party for his new album, okay. which, from what I've heard, is really amazing. Um, then we have uh, one of the DJs from Opulent Temple. So upstairs is going to be kind of a Burning Man who's who party. Okay. So very excited. There's going to be, from what I've seen from the the lead-in meetings that we've had, there's going to be multiple belly dancers, and they've got go-go dancers. And they're adding, in the outside area, we always have Casa doing the food. So we have a big food truck doing Indian food. Um, they're bringing a whole hookah lounge. Oh. So there's going to be an entire hookah lounge put into the outdoor area. So, so. it's like a multi-sensory multi experience, like yeah. from, uh, from food to, yeah. to hookah, music, so yeah, like for, your, for your sense. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, about six years ago, we added a life painter that we've had every month, which is really, it just adds, you know, more of a dimension. He's... Um, not Indian, and he paints a piece pretty much every month based on an Indian theme. So he usually talks to the girls and finds an old story, Punjabi story, and then he paints it. So it's really cool that we even and kind of include that into the culture because we're like, it could just be a party and everyone could dance, but you know, we really wanted to just like spread the culture, yeah. which was a big part Makes of this. And so we start every month with a free dance, you know, a dance lesson at the start, which usually gets about two, 200 plus people. It's crazy to watch, but, and a whole room does the bunker dance lesson. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it kind of breaks the ice and it lets everyone just kind of like laugh and get goofy and, you know, feel like they've taken in a little bit of the culture. and They're not just out at some party that's like, you know, painted with Indian colors and you're supposed yeah. to still hear hip hop, but some Indian things thrown in. So tomorrow is going to be the Bangra lesson at the beginning of the night. Yeah, we usually do it around 10 o'clock. So, okay. and it's, it's definitely a big highlight. You know, we get a lot of, you know, a lot of women come out for it. Because, I mean, for them, you know, $10 to come to our party is cheaper than almost going to a Bangra class. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so it, so it, you got the party and the class. And all in one. You get to see one. the whole culture. Exactly. So, you know, that was kind of our goal with it. And we've tried to keep it that way because that's how it started. It started as um, Vicky was teaching 10 classes who leads dull rhythm she was teaching 10 classes in the bay area and i was a dj at the time and there was just nowhere for any of her students to go dance and so we originally just started this as a place platform for like her students and she still has her students they still come and i feel like you know even though we've grown we're still that same you know little substance that, I mean, that uh, we started growing up growing up you like extended like fe features no like you got now indian food outside you got um the hookah lounge, I mean, like you, add, you keep adding stuff to this experience. Yeah, well, we feel like we have to. <laughs> yeah. You gotta say tomorrow at Public Works, and uh, we are giving away two tickets. If you wanna call in the studio, 415 952 5273. 415 952 5273. Let's play, let's play some music. Yeah, yes, yeah. You are also a remixer and uh, a producer. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a growing producer. Growing producer. Uh, I've been spending the last few years last few producing. Learning, yeah. learning. Learning and producing. Yeah, the more, the, more you, the more you start producing, the more you, <laughs> you realize yeah. you've got to learn more yeah. and more. But you got a, you got a, a SoundCloud, no? We yeah, I have a bunch of stuff up on SoundCloud. Um, that's where I put most all of my music. So Can you give us uh, to us the address? So? It should just be sound, soundcloud.com slash... DJ Jimmy Love. Okay, so we find him on SoundCloud, and let's let's play, let's play. 
this original original production desert desert walk uh yes desert walk? yeah you want to introduce this this track? uh it's just kind of like a, a down tempo kind of like a little bit of a wonky attempt towards you know burning manny break stuff but more just like a down tempo indian vibe like I, i feel like you know so much of the music is the same style of bangra that we've been there's you know there's a lot of artists like david starfire and stuff that are trying to push it more with a little bit more of electronic y feel to it. This one I just went a little bit more on the down tempo right. down tempo breaks way. So here we are KCSF, your community, your radio with special guest DJ Jimmy Lovo, nonstop Bangra, and we are listening to Desert Wonk.
And yes, KCSF, your community, your radio. Here we are, World Fridays, with DJ Jimmy Love. <laughs> so this was, uh, we just had uh, your original production. Yes. And uh, you were talking about uh, this instrument. That we had, like, ding, ding, it looks like a banjo, but it's a typical Indian instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, the main instrument in Bhangra is definitely the dole. But uh, the, the second most associated sound is the, uh, the tumbi, which is a one-stringed instrument. That's kind of held kind of strange out in front of you and plucked with one finger. Um, it sounds like a really simple instrument, but um, it's actually really complex. There's only a few people in the Bay Area that really play it well, that I would say. And uh, I bought mine about two years ago. So in that track is actually me playing yes, Tumbi. Yeah. And um, let's talk uh, just a little bit about your pr your production. How does it come? Like you you work on um, on the beats, and then you add the instrument. You got an idea, like a vision, and then uh, oh yeah, how it works. Yeah, I mean, most of the time it starts with just a vibe. Like I I, I I've gotten really into producing my own beats, and and I got a nice drum pad, a MPC at home that I like to knock out beats in, and then from there it's just layering sounds. You know, I just get really excited about layering new sounds, and then. The uh, the song itself just kind of starts to show itself to you. You said before you I mean you 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 uh, you were a, a rave organizer a DJ before then you moved here and started working as a muralist. Uh, yeah, well, when I first moved here, I actually became a, a QA engineer at a at a internet company. Ah, okay, <laughs> um, I did a bunch of years doing a lot of tech work. No, my my point and, and my the, point is uh, like this um, about the about the muralists and the graphic design. So oh, it's yeah, like yeah. Um, your uh, it's not just music production, but it's like a more like based. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of people always make comments about that to me about how I like to layer a lot of different sounds and have instruments coming in and out. Um, I think a lot of that is from painting. It's, it's I love layering colors and different things, and it's they're very similar. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between cooking, painting, you know, anything and that really music, is. Yeah, yeah. The more you get into all of them, you start to realize that you know. But the, it's like uh, putting ingredients, you know, like yeah, uh, and it's an art, uh, like mixing, we're putting together like <laughs> the tracks, you no, know, or like instruments. Yeah, or, you're like it needs color. more. It needs more blue, you know. But yeah. with music, it's looking at the you know sound spectrum and you know, breaking down, like, what areas of the sound spectrum are you not filling in, you know, and then adding an instrument or whatever to fill in that area. You know, it needs more bass. You know, yeah, it's like it needs... So you, you are also a remixer. Mm -hmm. um, and like we were saying before, like, this, um, this spirit, this collaborative spirit in San Francisco, mm -hmm. why don't we listen to this J Boogie track, your remix of It's On Fire? Yes. Yes, here, KCSF, your community, your radio, World Fridays. Say <laughs> hi to Jay Boogie and... What up, Jay? Uh, Hope Jay. you're doing well today. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Jimmy Love here in the studio, KCSF.
dance floor mash up the dance hall one more time that's the answer she looked deadly in the cancer stop your heart with a casual glance cut the banter take it if you got the chance to romance get a private dancer maybe she'll let you fan her follow her like a favorite little cock a spaniel take it down do it down love make it move to the rhythm of the bongos do it deep like the jungles of the congo cause she's sweeter than the juices of a mango baby where the time go can we tango can we do it at a horizontal angle took it out ain't no need to strangle and we can bang 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 till they jangle earrings that is how you do when you're fucking with the kid cuff you up like you was fit to do a bid then make it more slow torturous pain pleasure make it feel like you never ever did let the freak out though blow a little lid pussycats out of the bag baby got paws and heat on the prowl for the big cat dig that CSF, your community, your radio 90.9 in San Francisco. Here we are, World Fridays, with special <laughs> guest Jimmy Love in the studio. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we were talking, just, uh, we were just talking about um, the importance of being not just a DJ, a musician, but also, like, organize your work and uh, be, like, manager of yourself and uh, lots of stuff, I mean. Yeah, pretty, pretty much right now you got to be everything, you know. Yeah. I mean, back in the day you could hope that you got signed to a label and they took care of your press. And nowadays, I mean, even the labels aren't helping people with that much PR or anything anymore. So really... It's a it's a you know learn everything you can type world now you know it's 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 not like just uh, okay you are a DJ oh it's fun no it's a fun job yeah but yeah. <laughs> if you're just a DJ you don't play anywhere maybe. yeah you always you always meet people that think you have like the easiest job in the world like you just show up and like put on some cool songs and you're yeah, like press play what is you know but for Bangra like you know recently uh, Vicky Verk who I know who's listening to this my girlfriend you know she she's gotten a little bit more of like the 
the view into a DJ's life, you know, living with me for the last eight years. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like even for her, for her classes, she tries to find like new music and you can go through just like days of listening to Bangra, you know, downloading stuff, tracking stuff down to find like five good songs or three, you know, and it's the same way for almost anything, you know, a lot of music, there's a lot out there, but you got to dig through and find stuff. So, I mean, that's one end of it getting your set, creating your style, your identity, all this stuff is really important. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, a DJ just That's good play, plays good music. That's so obvious that like, yeah, he has that song. It's a big song, but there's so much more to actually building, you know, your entire footprint within the industry. Cause you know, nowadays there's, there's more DJs than ever. I mean, it's always been the joke in San Francisco that if you throw a rock, you'll hit a DJ, you know, but I feel like now it's even 10 times that, you know, everyone can DJ. There's all in one DJ units now. It's like, it's, you know, the doors are wide open for everyone to, uh, to, to DJ. So, you know, it's, it's even more competition and more stuff and harder to stand out. So. And also, I mean, also like this, uh, like not just music research, a DJ do, but also like office. Job, oh yeah. Like, I, contacting I, people promotion I, I, I joke about how I love spreadsheets all the time with other DJs and they're always like really and I'm like dude I have some crazy spreadsheets at home that you know I'm so happy I do because I have contact information you know I mean everybody wants to play out all the time but do you really keep track of who are all the promoters at all the clubs at all the places you want to be in every city I mean it's a very valuable information to you know collect and as you start to meet people who have succeeded you start to realize that either they've had somebody helping them manage that end of it but it is a real you know you start looking at it as a real business I should track all this stuff and you know those are the things that really do push you into the next level of organization and the more stuff you have organized the farther you can go because then you can get back to doing the yeah. fun stuff So. Yeah, I agree, I agree totally. So <laughs> it's not that easy being a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a full-time job. We, we don't stay up all night just, you know, having fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is also lots of daylight job and yeah. yeah. Spread spreadsheets are, you know, a but, big thing. But it's, communication. It's it's worth it, no? It's definitely worth yeah. it. I don't think I'd be doing anything else. So. Yeah. And also, I mean, you said before you've been touring with Nonstop Bangra. Yeah, last year we did a lot of touring. Last last year and the year before we did we did a bunch of festival dates. Um, we were trying to gear ourselves more as a live group. I had three vocalists with me, uh, two drummers, and we usually traveled with like four to five dancers as well. So we were a 10-piece touring act. It was a lot of fun. It was a great learning experience. You know, we got to play everywhere from New Mexico to New York to canada and it was it was amazing to see people in other cities you know share a little bit of our night sell cds and uh i don't know just see what it was like to be in a group so. yeah spreading the world like outside san francisco and yeah and you know and seeing being surprised that you know people in new mexico just go crazy for the music and they've never heard it you know and it's really fun Yeah, it's, uh, that's true, because if you never had this music, you, you, have no, you have no idea of this music. And Yeah, you know, and for us, it's, you know, for anybody touring, it's like it's really kind of scary and kind of freaky because you're like, you're not sure how you're going to go over, you know, but you'd be surprised, you know. Uh, you think people are going to throw you tomatoes? No. Well, like, so. well, we, uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago, we played uh, up in Canada. And um, we went on as the, the closing act for this second stage. And um, the band that went on before us, I'm trying to remember what, they, what their name was, but they were like kind of like an Afro band with house music, but with like 10 percussionists. It was so amazing. Like they were killing it. The crowd was going crazy and we were just like 
backstage like oh my gosh we gotta you know follow this like just absolutely destroying it and you know we were like we're not sure how we're gonna go over and we went on and we had four encores people wanted people were chanting at the end of our set next year main stage and obviously we didn't but um you know it's just amazing like you know when you get out of your comfort zone you meet new people and you realize that like what you're doing is you know it gives you a whole next level appreciation for like what you're working on you start to realize the effect that you do have on people you know or could have on people even outside of your your normal comfort city yeah they say that out of your com uh, comfort zone the magic happened no so <laughs> i i have tons of friends who like um like sila you know who went to europe last year and the year before he, say hi he, to sila and um sila what's up and uh you know he went to italy and just fell in love and every time he goes there he's like he's like when you show up every venue treats you like a rock star you know not in like the ba over the top way but he's like they make sure you're fed and he's like i can tour through america and not get that you know yeah, this is uh, usually what's, uh, it's like um, everywhere, like in Italy, for example, for an Italian artist touring in Italy, is not treated like an American artist touring in Italy. So like a foreign artist is always being treated. Treated really well. Really, we really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got this, I mean, I think it's everywhere. Because you got like the international guest, uh, like sounds, it's, I mean, I think it uh, should be uh, like the same treatment for everyone because you are hosting an event, so your guest is your guest. doesn't matter where he came from yeah. or not. But there is, there and, not, is and not every promoter is like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean, I know, I know. I, I, I wish they were. You know, we try to be that way. As I think for us, when we go on the road, because we host our own event, we really think through a lot of that stuff. And when we go on the road, we realize a lot of people don't, you know, think everything through. And we always try to learn and come back home. And when we have out-of-town guests and different things, we try to make sure that, like, all the little things are taken care of for them. So, Yeah, this is, uh, like, make your, your guests uh, at home. It's very important. And mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't make sense uh, the, where he came from <laughs> or uh, she came from. No, I mean, it should, shouldn't be. Or if they're their headliner or it's uh, the yeah, opener. Exa exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's play Let's play another song. Let's uh, the spirit of... Uh, of uh, the Nostop Bangra. And guys, we are, we are giving away two tickets, so if you want to call in 415-952-5273, here are KCSF War Fridays with special guest in the studio, DJ Jimmy Love.
KCSF, your community, your radio. This was uh, uh, Jimmy Love, remix of Down, Down Pen. No, 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 pretty famous uh, reggae track with uh, Indian flavor. Nice work, nice work. Thank you very much. So, like, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's in your future? What's your future progress? Uh, there are some work in progress right now. Um, yeah, right now I'm working on a couple of remixes. One actually for a group called Bing Dada um, that we just did a show with. Very excited about that. They're a really killer Bay Area, like cumbia, reggaeton. And they kind of just released their album? Or their yeah, La Sopa, their, okay. their new album okay. just came La out. Sopa. We actually just hosted them at our, our event Family Vibes for yeah. their CD release party, which went over really, really well. Um, super fun group, really awesome guys. So Cool. Yeah, let's try to have them here in here one of these days. So and keep 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 going. Keep yeah, going. I can get them on. Um, so that's one of our things coming up. The other thing that we're really shooting for, um, you know, now that we're a few months into being at the new venue, it's been going really well. Um, so I've been booking a lot of stuff late into the year. I'm already booked into October for our event. Um, we're starting to push out, um, trying to do a tour coming up in Northern California over into like Reno and Tahoe. That'll be the summer that we're working on, actually, with Bing Dada and J Boogie, Dubtronic Science. Um, very excited about that, as well as we're really trying our best to um, get a little bit of a footing over in Oakland. So we're going to have our first show on May 4th over at the New Parish. Very, very excited about that. So um, us and the venue are kind of giving it uh, a run over in Oakland. You know, that that's the big thing is just, like, growing it out more. Growing out more, yeah. expanding. Like, expanding. Yeah, you know, we ha I have some, you know, some cities that have, have me booked in the next couple months, you know, so I'll be back up in Portland looking to get back to Chicago and a few other places. Um, you know, but for right now, it's just, you know, killing it at the venue that we're at, growing it out to the point in which we really want it, and, uh, you know, expanding a little bit. We're trying to do a show over in Sacramento. You know, we haven't done a show there, sadly. Um, we're looking at doing Sacramento and Oakland and trying to build out a little bit more, you know, closer cities as well. So, yeah. Making yeah, it sounds bigger like, and better. Sounds like a plan, yeah. Yeah, well, it's all baby steps, you know. It's, yeah. You can't get ahead of yourself. It's like just slowly expanding and then also at the same time, you know, just being in a new venue, it's trying to make the production as, as you know, bulletproof as we can, as great as we can, you know, and, and every month delivering something a little bit different than the previous month to make it exciting, to make it not just coming back to the same old thing. It's like throwing new curveballs at people, turning our crowd onto new, you know, new sounds like we had Delhi to Dublin last last month, you know, which is, you know, an Irish Bhangra, you know, dub reggae fusion group um, who are just amazing. Um, you know, it's just keeping it interesting and, and you know, to survive for eight years, you've got to, you know, we've learned that you got to keep reinventing it. You got to keep making it fun for your crowd and making it fun for yourself again, because, you know, at the heart of it is the promoter is the person who's really behind it, you know, and I think it shows when they like have passion for it. And I think one thing that has allowed us to succeed is that we're still passionate about it eight years in, which is rare. Do you remember like a memorable North of Bangra event? Oh, too the, many of them. Too many of them? Okay. I'd say, I'd say the most memorable, one of the most memorable moments for me would probably be when we played Stern Grove four years ago, oh. three, four, three, four years ago, um, walking on the stage and them announcing us. Like I, I was out there with Dave Sharma from uh, New York City. On He played Dole for us that time. Um, walking out and there's 13,000 people and they were like San Francisco zone and the place, like everyone screamed. 
so beautiful as well. Like you're uh, just like girl, yeah. yeah, to be to be out there and see like San Francisco and feel like you're representing the city was you know it was amazing. That was definitely a, a big moment. You know, every event has been has had its moments. There's been so many cool things, people that we've met. You know, there, there's many moments nowadays that like I pinch myself. Like I had emails this week with uh, Jazzy Sadu, who is the lead singer of this group B21, who is pretty much one of the biggest bunger bands through the '90s in the UK. And this week, I've just casual emails trying to like line up, you know, booking him this year. It's it's a strange place to be as like a white guy who's not even from that culture, yeah. is talking to somebody who is like a legend, you know, who is is massive over in India and the UK and just never plays the US. And being somebody that could be an ambassador of bringing them to San Francisco and introducing somebody who's already had a twenty year career to a city that doesn't, you know, necessarily know them. So. Yeah, so it's uh, like having this event. You can plan like in the future. So, yeah, makes. Uh, yeah, and you know, with a bigger venue, you have a bigger budget, so you can start bringing in bigger things. You know, bigger touring artists, and that's the hardest thing for so many sounds is that you know it doesn't get to the point where the local DJs or promoters can really book the high tier people because you don't have the budget. Like you're just, you know, you can't hit those thousand, you know, five thousand, ten thousand dollar guarantees. Yeah. Um, You know, the bigger venue is giving us a little bit more legroom into that. And so we feel like we can finally start bringing that, you know, kind of like Basement Bunger has done it in New York. We can finally start to do that here in San Francisco. So we're hoping that, you know, this is only the beginning of Bunger in the Bay. Yeah, no, that's uh, good luck for this. <laughs> I think sounds very, like, it's not, I mean, it sounds very stable because you're not talking about, you're talking about this, like, With eight years of experience and also <laughs> like a solid, solid, no, a solid experience, solid, it's yeah. a solid party. So it looks like uh, yeah. we'll be around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's really fun. And like I, the hardest thing for our sound, you know, which is different than a lot of other sounds, is the majority of the artists making this music is really in the UK and, you know, either the UK or India. Um, you know, Canada definitely has a lot of Punjabis and there are some standout artists, but, you know, majority of it is really the UK and California is a long plane flight. So it's really hard to get groups out here and it's always kind of been where they all want to come, but it's just, there's no one here with the budget to really, you know, bring them out regularly. So we feel like, you know, between us and Portland is really growing a bong, a pretty big bongra scene and Seattle's, you know, has had a scene for a long time that now there's kind of a, a connection up and down the West coast that can finally support, you know, bigger touring artists. So we're excited to be kind of part of that. You've been talking about Bangra basement in New York and mm -hmm. uh, there are also the reality like in the, in the West coast. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're trying to connect with them and make like a, yeah, we, uh, we just had DJ rake out in February Um, the first time that we had um, her out, you know, to our event, it was the first time actually Nonstop Bonger and Basement Bonger shared an event together in February, and it, it went over really well. She wants to come back as as often as she can, and you know, since having her out, it's kind of opened the floodgate because she was kind of the person who could bring people over from the UK, but then it it never really went anywhere else. It just kind of went to her, and then they flew back to the UK. So uh, now that floodgate's kind of open. You know, at the same point in time, it's it's nice. She's been doing it for 15 years now. So it's kind of nice to finally have that connection and, like, the East Coast, West Coast connection open. And a lot of people are really happy about that. And I think we're going to start getting a lot of artists through, a lot of people that I, I yeah, would I mean, be make, really excited for. So. It makes sense. Like, you, like, um, join forces to, to have, like... Yeah. Having, yeah. But it's very, you know, I mean, in the promoting world, it's really hard to sometimes connect New York and 
in San Francisco. A lot of people out there like to play out here, but there's not, you know, like Afrolicious has really opened that up with like Nicodemus and Turntables on the Hudson. Um, but very few sounds really have that connection, which is weird because I feel like they're, you know, brother cities, sister yeah, there cities. Should be, there should be, I agree, there should be more. Uh, but there's, you know, there's, I don't know, it's and artists from out there really love to play here. Artists from here really love to play out here, out there, but there's not a really good back and forth between the two. We should fill the gap. <laughs> you know, and I think that, you know, the more that that opens up in every sound, it, everyone benefits, you know, like I feel like oh, Afrolicious has opened that up with, uh, with, like I said, turntables on the Hudson and a lot of people who play at Bembe and a, a lot of the New York, you know, comparable venues out there that have similar sounds to them and now that's been you know there's been so many like dj groups and you know small emerging electronic world music groups that have been getting to play the elbow room more so in the last you know three four years that they've been doing it than i can remember you know in my 14 15 years in the city so it's really cool seeing that build and a lot of that is going through the dj scene you know more so than the bands because bands can't really host people it's it's monthly parties that can host people so. Yeah, they make, this makes the U.S. smaller, and this connection between the East <laughs> and the West Coast should be this gap should be filled. No? Yeah, because it takes a lot to travel. You know, as an artist, people don't realize it takes a lot to travel. Like people think you get paid a lot of money, but you know, a majority of it as a touring artist gets sucked up in travel, hotel, you know, and all the things that happen in between. It's like you're always going to end up needing a cab ride. You're always going to all that stuff really adds up, and people are like, "Well, you got." Three five hundred for that gig, and you're like, well, three was the plane flight, you know. And also, I mean, <laughs> this is part of the job of the DJ job, you know, because you should book also your your tour. So yeah, so it's you know, it's a it's a crazy fun game, you know. It's it's you meet people and you're in situations that you know you wouldn't be in any other any other way, and you get to meet other people who like love music. And I mean, I don't know, as somebody who loves music, there's nothing better than being in some somebody else's like record bin. You know, going through stuff and them telling you about an artist that, like, you should have known but somehow slipped by you, you know, that's just amazing. And that happens, you know, all the time. Every time I get to hang out with any DJ, I learn so much, so. Let's talk about this. Like, three no, three figures that inspire you, like, just three, like... Three... Like, heroes, musical heroes or, like, is, inspirational... Ooh, I don't know, man. There's, there's like so many. So many. It, it's really, I don't know if I could narrow it down. Uh, yeah, no, it's a kind of trick question, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so hard because I'm honestly like, I, I'm a strange bird. Like, I'm inspired by everyone, and like, even down to pop artists that like most people hate, I find something in them that actually is very inspiring. You know, like everyone learns certain things and you may not like their music. You may not like pop stuff or you may not like, you know, certain things, but there's something to be learned by looking at anyone's career. Even if, you know, they went off the rails or didn't, there's so much stuff to learn. You know, I find everybody very inspiring. And in any way, I mean, me as a painter, you know, I was very into graphic design. I still do a lot of graphic design. There's so many things that are so similar. If it's like, you know, how somebody cooks, like, before I moved out here, I worked at a restaurant that was a pizzeria. It was a guy who moved from New York and, um, he moved from New York to, uh, actually first to Santa Fe and then he ended up in, uh, Arizona. But, uh, he, he did a brick oven pizza and before he moved here, but, but before, but before he moved to, uh, to out West, he, um, before he moved out West, he, um, 
he went backpacking across, you know, throughout Italy, and he just stayed with any mom that would put him up and teach him how to make authentic pizza. And so when he came back to the U.S., he started Pizzeria Bianco, which has gone on to win, you know, James Beard Award. He's been featured on like, you know, halftime at the Super Bowl. They've walked through his kitchen. Like he's an amazing story. Like in Arizona, he's an icon. It's like he's this guy who started this little humble thing. And you know, I I worked with him, and he would take me outside and pull out a tomato and tell me you know, 20 minutes worth of stuff about that tomato, you know, and that, that kind of stuff, you're just like, that's the real, you know, inspiration. I mean, I'm inspired by a ton of musicians and artists and stuff, but there's so many people out there that really take, take it down to that granular level that love their craft. And, you know, they could be just the chef that makes your food, you know? No, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I mean, of the multi multiplicity of people, you I mean you get inspired like little a little from uh, like this guy a little from and I mean that's um, how you build your personality because I mean we are like the culture itself mm -hmm. it's something that you filter with your your own uh, brain and you get what you what you want to get no yeah. So. You extract the good stuff, or hopefully. Yeah, extract the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, extract, you extract what is good, is good for you, no? But, I mean, there's yeah. so many inspiring things, and it's like, you know, it's amazing. I get inspired every day just by people who, like, out of the blue help us with something with our event. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And, you know, they tell you some story about, like, what our event meant to them in their world. And you're like, whoa. And then you realize, like, just that little bit that you add to your what you're doing really means, like, you know, the world to people, yeah. you know, when you don't think that you're inspiring people. And sometimes, you know, those people tell you some personal story about their life and which inspires you even more to do stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. So it's not just uh, like a musical reference, but it's yeah, like and, all, and, all, all around. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, there's, you know, a million artists that I'm completely inspired by, you know, from Marvin Gaye on through, you know, it's like, there's so many people that were just like cornerstones to their music, you know, fella cootie. It's like people who I just are like amazed by, but you know, I'm amazed by pretty much everybody. Yeah. Everyone has a crazy life story. And, you know, the more you learn, the more, <laughs> the more you see life. I and think. the more you want to learn, no? <laughs> yeah. And the more you want to learn and the more, you know, you want to be out around people and, you know, you start to realize people are going through all the same stuff as you, you know, living in San Francisco as an artist is really hard, you know, the more and more in the last five, six years, I've watched so many artists move out of the city and I find it really inspiring to, you know, like I, Last year, I moved into a studio with Jay Boogie, who, when I moved here, he was a DJ way before I really considered myself much of a DJ. Um, it's been inspiring hanging out with him and just, you know, seeing what he goes through and realizing, you know, how hard it really is to, like, stick it out and be a real DJ in the city. And, you know, everybody thinks you're doing well all the time. But, you know, I know a lot of DJs selling half their equipment, you know, pretty much every month to make rent, yeah. you know, and going through a lot. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's inspiring to be around people and realize that like to not give up and to just keep pushing. And there's so many people around doing that, you know, and this city needs that now more than ever, I would say. Yeah. yeah I mean, so many artists have had to move out of the city. I, I know as a painter, most of my painter friends don't live in, in San Francisco anymore. No one can afford it. You know, what's the, the main story on the, on the guardian? Like, is it Oakland cooler than San Francisco? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I lived in the hate for eight years and I moved out of there six years ago. And as I was moving out, the whole neighborhood was getting taken over with, you know, redone lofts. You know, we were evicted from our place so they could do it into a, you know, tenants in common unit. And they redid the whole building and made it super high scale, yeah. you know, and the people who moved in, you know, they had money. It's great. But the whole neighborhood, it was every artist I knew was moving out. And that was six years ago. And I feel like the trend, 
you know, continues. And yeah, it's still going on, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's uh, getting harder and harder to find uh, even a room in San Francisco. It's crazy, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's it happens in every city, and it goes through its cycles. I'm just hoping that, you know, the art comes back soon. You know, I mean, for a while, a year and a half, two years ago, the city was really fighting a lot of the clubs, too. I mean, there was a lot of scandal within the police department where they were shutting down clubs. They were holding clubs to, like, really low numbers of attendance. Um, you know, it was a whole scandal that happened with, you know, a police chief trying to drum up extra money. Mm. But, um you know, there's definitely been a thing where they've been really going after a lot of clubs with like street violations for people standing, you know, in line to get into the clubs and giving the clubs thousands and thousands of dollars worth of, you know, yeah, like, fines a month. And they've really been trying to crack down. I feel like as a promoter and somebody who watches a lot of club owners in the city, you realize how much they go through. I mean, I know that they can make a lot of money off of, you know, beer sales, but one, they have to keep the club relevant. And then, two, the city, you know, they're always having to deal with stuff with the city. You know, violation fines are so expensive. And the city's really been, you know, at least two years ago, is really trying to crack down on the nightlife in the city. You know, I feel like it's starting to come back now, and they're starting to, you know, let go a little bit. But, you know. It's still... uh, And it's weird. You're like... are they trying to drive business over to Oakland, <laughs> you know, and everywhere else and out of the city just because so many people with money are here that don't really care if there's a music scene. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Let's see what's go- What will happen? Like, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like I feel, I mean, I moved here two years ago and, uh, I, I mean, I feel this changing a little. I mean, now I live in the mission. So a mission is still, uh, a little, still a little like it was, no, it's, it's cold, right? but it's a lot of new condos are th- going up over there. So yeah. I just wonder, you know, how long until they creep closer to the music venues and then the music venues start to have to like fight for their, their, per- you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the highs and lows, you know, I mean, it, there's still also a lot of brand new clubs opening up in the city every month. You know, I mean, public works is only a year and a half old and they're doing very well and just growing. So, so let's see. I mean, do a <laughs> little business, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I moved to San Francisco, you know, 14, 15 years ago just because I thought the city had, you know, the best art scene, best music scene. I mean, I still think it is, you know, one of the places to play. But uh, the overall culture in the city has definitely changed a lot. You know, I wish a little bit more of the old school would come back. But, yeah. Well, maybe you're gonna have a you're gonna have an event uh, next <laughs> month in in Oakland. Not, not right? to be a downer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, and I think a lot of it comes down to you know artists like plugging away and you know taking it more serious and turning it into a business and you know I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of people doing really good stuff here in the city. I'm not I'm not being down on it at all. I'm just saying it's definitely an uphill struggle right now, you know, especially culture. And that's, you know, the other reason why we're super grateful that we're still here. It's, you know, almost any other city in the, in the U.S. doesn't have a bunker party on a Saturday night. You know, it's impossible to get a world night in most yeah, cities sorry, on yeah. a Saturday night. And, you know, that is a testament that that still hasn't gone away in the city. So... Yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, this city still uh, yet to resist. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And tourists are coming back, and I think that you know it is. I don't know. It's just a cycle. You know, money got yeah. tight for everybody, and I think that you know the people who had money here, you know, just went after the no-brainer money. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's keep the music. <laughs> let's keep the music alive. Let's play. Let's play some some tracks. Let's play this yeah. uh, local um, local band, Vincentic.
Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a remix uh, by David Starfire. Nice, nice. David Starfire, we're going to have in uh, October. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, he's going to be a guest on Nosso Bangra. Here we are, KCSF World Fridays with Antonino and special guest in the studio, DJ Jimmy Love, Nonstop Bangra. Here we are.
KCSF World Fridays with special guest G DJ Jimmy Love here in the studio. So we just heard uh, Bollywood tracks. This was Bebo Best and the Super Lounge Orchestra. So what's the difference between Bangra, Bollywood? <laughs> like, explain to, to us, because I mean, to me too. Well, a lot, a lot of times people just kind of lump it all together. Um, it, they're very different. Um, but there is a trick to it is that sometimes Bhangra songs do end up in a Bollywood movie. So, so there is a lot of room for people from the outside looking in to get kind of confused because okay. they do kind of cross over, but they're not, they're very different. Um, a lot of people who go out to one style of music don't necessarily go out to the other. Like there's a lot of Bollywood parties and then there's also a lot of Bhangra parties and they are very separate in that sense. Um, the, the two, you know, the two music forums as they are bollywood is really centered around bollywood movies um you know it's kind of like uh pop music <clears throat> and for you know anybody who has never really watched too many bollywood movies you know they're pretty much musicals they're they're you know a full movie very long movie normally and um you know within it they have a lot of musical elements and it's a big way for a, a song to become a, a top like what would be a top hit in america is a song in India would be put into a, a key movie with a key, you know, actor. And one of the musical breakouts would be that song. And so over there, you know, there's a lot of orchestration. It's where a lot of the money is really put into the music because it's very pop. It's very mainstream. Um, it's written for pop. It's written to be a, you know, every movie's trying to have one big song. And so a lot of the big Bollywood songs usually are featured around one movie that everybody loves and becomes a huge, massive hit. Um, Bhangra as a whole um, started by was started by farmers. It's actually a folk music. It's you know over 500 years old. It was the music you know with the drum that you could just wear over your shoulder was a music that farmers, mostly men, would play in the field. And a lot of the songs are actually from folk that are even sometimes even redone nowadays. Are old bolians, which are like old folk songs that were passed down. That you know are something that either happened you know in the village that was happening to the community or was about, you know, something cultural, you know, like going to a wedding and seeing a beautiful woman and your heart fluttering. You know, it's very poetic if you don't know the words. Like Vicky, my girlfriend, uh, who I throw the event with, you know, tells me a lot of the songs, like what they're actually saying in the songs. And sometimes, you know, a long old song could just be about how, you know, breathtaking woman is putting her bracelets on, you know, and we would never know that. But, um, you know, it's a very cultural, it's, it's much more like a cultural, like, uh, you know, farming culture, very down to earth, um, music. It's not really totally made to be pop, even though it's been driven in that way with like the hip hop, you know, with, with the, uh, you know, Punjabi MC element where it's like, it went almost pop. It's pushed that way in recent years, but there's still a large amount of it. That's like, you know, at its farming roots and about its culture. A lot of the songs are just about the Punjabi culture. Okay, so it's a huge difference. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and so, you know, the two don't really, it's like, you know, taking... The, yeah, it's like... Um it's like the something like 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 the blues mm -hmm. uh, with the classical music kind of no like something like something that was born uh, in yeah. the fields or like, or you know like you know for a lot of americans it's like the dylan era when he went electric it's like you know there was such a huge folk following for you know that time period of music and then you know the rock was like what was mainstream what the kids were listening to you know what was yeah. pop music um you know nowadays it's you know pop hip hop is now pop so it really it's, doesn't yeah. matter yeah and uh, like in also bangra it's not pure bangra but you mix with electro we we mix with you know different things you know like um 
you know, as, as, you know, Bhangra as the Punjabi culture, you know, moved out of India into the UK, it became very, um, interconnected with the reggae scene in the UK. Um, they lived in a lot of the same neighborhoods. So even when you go back into like early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, you know, Bhangra, you find a lot of reggae crossover stuff. There was a lot of artists that were actually recording with Bhangra tracks back then, which is really, you know, bizarre for most people to understand. But, um, a lot of the producers back then were actually mixing in a lot of dub and reggae, you know, it wasn't like Gaudi who just had, you know, the dub Kuali record that was done, you know, many, many, you know, 10, 15 years ago by, you know, Bali Sagu. Um, so reggae has already come in hip hop because it was in those same neighborhoods, you know, definitely had its way in the, in the scene. So we mix a lot of hip hop, a lot of reggae and like some dance hall, like mashup stuff. Um, as well as house, you know, house and electronic music is, is really filtered into a lot of it as well. Um, we, we tend to throw in a few Bangra Bollywood tracks throughout the night. And this month we actually have two Bollywood DJs. So the second half of the night, we're going to veer more Bollywood this month to kind of appease all the people in the Bay area who don't get, or it's San Francisco. They don't get really a big Bollywood party. Uh, we're flying down a guy from Portland who throws a party called Jai Ho, which was a big movie, which was a big Bollywood movie called Jai Ho, which actually had a song called Jai Ho, which is a really massive hit. Um, we have him down. He has a party in Seattle and Portland that he has started and uh he's kind of controlling that region as far as like you know the big bollywood big bollywood draws at this point um we have him and then a local dj named precaution who's who plays all the big bollywood parties in the south bay and is also a san francisco dj who plays all around you know the bay area trying to push the bollywood scene here so this month was kind of our join those two scenes you know us and them together and do it because now we can go till 4 a.m i can i can give people three, four hours of Bangra and then we can give them, th- you know, two, yeah. two, three hours of Bollywood if they, if we want. So, so the best way to, to check out the difference between Bangra and Bollywood is going to be tomorrow coming to the public world. Yeah. You're going to get the full assortment. Cause I mean, we have the early dance lesson, so it's everywhere from like telling you about the story of, you know, Bangra all the way, you know, through the club stuff. And if you want the more bassy underground stuff, you'd hear at Burning Man. You can go upstairs. You can go upstairs and, you know, we'll have hours of it. <laughs> yeah so uh, i was selling something I, was, I got distracted <laughs> sorry we had we had some people pop here in the studio yeah here we are kcsf now i was telling that to, we are giving away some tickets if you want to call 415-952-5273 415-952-5273 if you want to just say hi give a shout or get a ticket giveaway mm-hmm. or say hi to DJ Jimmy Love. So tomorrow, let's talk about tomorrow. This uh, I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> well, we're we're happy to have you out. So yeah, no, I'm so excited because uh, I can I can wait to have this uh, like uh, multi-sensorial experience. <laughs> like yeah, and uh, you know it's uh, it's a huge it's a huge space public or so. Yeah, it's a really big space. It's it's deceivingly big when you go in. You're kind of like oh, it's not that big, but. They have, you know, mezzanine area and then with the outdoor area and some of the other little it's got like crazy nooks and stuff. It's it's a really big space. I mean, we've been we've been around a thousand people. So I mean, it's a pretty big, big, yeah. big night. Yeah, let's uh, can't wait, can't wait to see. <laughs> so let's play another song while we are here. Uh it's a, it's a remix. Uh, introduce uh, introduce this uh, this is a uh, track by Amon Hare, who's a big uh, Bangra producer. 
out of the UK. He does a lot of stuff with New York people, and this is a Bungerton track I made of his last year. So, and we are here, KCSF, your community, your radio world Fridays with Antonino and special guests in the studio, DJ Jimmy Love. Here we are with this Adam Ayer.
Yes, KCSF, your community, your radio, War Fridays with Antonino, a special guest in the studio DJ Jimmy Love of Nonstop Bangram. Oh, yeah. So we just heard uh, some of your edits, remix. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about, like, it's very nice. Yes. Topic. So, so I mean, there's a lot of a lot of remixes going up on the internet, you know, and SoundCloud and different places. A lot of people doing stuff. A lot of what I've done is, you know, not destroy or change a track too much it's like what a lot of djs are looking for is what songs they should know you know for a new sound and so i've tried to find a middle ground give people an extra beat that they know how to dj so a lot of these are really made for for djs a lot of the people who download myself are actually djs um you know with intros and outro beats so people can actually mix it and a beat that you know a lot of Bangratin is is really similar to music that people are used to dancing to a little bit more than Bangra. So it kind of meets Bangra right in the middle for, for most people. Like I, I play a lot of these songs when we play festival events or um, like I just played up in Nevada City. A lot of events where the crowd's really new to Bangra. And uh, it's it's to me like the nice middle ground. It's, it's a beat that people are kind of familiar with and they know how to dance and they don't feel totally uncomfortable, you know, tr- yeah. trying it. Um, but it doesn't in any way compromise the actual original track, which I think is beautiful. You know, in this day and age, a lot of people, it's all about cutting up and making your remix sound crazy and like nothing else out there. You know, and sometimes I think you lose the actual culture that's actually in the song. Like that song was a beautiful song as it is. To me, it just needed an extra beat that made it more club ready, you know, and room to mix for a DJ. Like you just mix two tracks together and you've never mixed Bhangra, you know, and that's, you know... To me, that's your job's done is that, you know, somebody else can feel more confident, you know, other DJs can get your music and feel confident playing it out. And then that spreads the music, you know, and that's to me one part of doing a remix or or putting stuff up to share, you know, because I didn't produce that track from start to finish. You know, I want to share that person's name and spread it and make it bigger. So. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense and uh, helps a lot, like in the DJ culture, like these edits, these remix. Mm-hmm. It helps uh, who is a professional like, and who is just a listener, because, I mean, yeah. for example, uh, I want to I wanna, uh, wanna know something about Bangra, but in this way, like, like checking your edits, <coughs> I got the name of the artist, so I can, afterwards, if I like the song. Yeah, and so what I do, I tend to do with my SoundCloud page, and just when I, when I put up remixes, um, that are edits and stuff for other DJs on SoundCloud is uh, I pick songs that are big songs. So like when, you know, like I just had a friend who played a wedding, um, a barat, like the intro to a wedding out in Chicago a few weeks ago. And he texted me, you know, and he's like, oh, my God, I downloaded everything from your page. And I played it at this Indian wedding and people went crazy. It's because I pick a lot of the songs that like, you know, if you were new to the music, you'd never know what the big songs were. But if you went to my page, those are a lot of the like the real songs, like the songs that get played, you know, at any Indian wedding or, you know, any club around. And I feel like, you know, you know, when people like if the more you get into Latin music or something, you know, you can find certain DJs who have a page up where they do a lot of really good edits of like all the key big tracks. And that really helps you as a DJ or somebody trying to get into a music. And I feel like our role has always been with nonstop is kind of like turning people onto the music and, and sharing it with a wider audience. And that's kind of been my approach with doing remixes is get, you know, not try to do something crazy is, but more so give people something that they can listen to that they enjoy. You know, I, I get tons of Punjabi guys who write me that love my remixes because I haven't messed with it too much, but they're like, wow, this sounds so big. It sounds so fun. It's, you know, and when I play it out in a crowd, they're so, you know, 
they're so easy to mix and the crowd doesn't even notice that I'm mixing half the time because they're all just, you know, locked into place, which is, you know, much, much more common in the hip hop world. Like, you know, coming from a hip hop background, you know, there's a million websites you can go to with like eight bar intros and outros and it makes mixing a lot easier, you know, but most new DJs and most world music doesn't get that. You know, so as a, as a Latin producer or whatever, it's good to have a collection of stuff that you have as tools, but it's great to share those tools. Yeah. So yeah, this is a this is a big uh, a big big plus of your like persona, like mm-hmm. to share like your edits and free download. Yeah, because guys, it's free download. So if, <laughs> if you check if you check his SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean the best way to get introduced to like Bangra. Yeah, and, and you know it mixes with a lot of other stuff. So I mean, if you are a reggaeton DJ and you want to change up your flow a little bit, it's nice to throw stuff in. You know, like I I mix a lot of this stuff, and then like I just played with Bang Dada. You know, I, I mix this stuff in with a lot of you know cumbia, up tempo cumbia, and you know and and reggaeton, and it went seamlessly. And, you know, and both crowds were happy. I had a mixed audience, and you know everyone kind of is dying and curious about a different culture. You know, but it's nice to have somebody that like makes it accessible and makes it, you know, palatable and, and kind of meets you halfway. And I think that that's always been the job of the DJ is, is playing what people want to know and then also slowly turning them on to some new things, you know. And hopefully, you know, with my edits, I just hope that I work into some people's DJ sets and more people go, what was that one thing that was just kind of crazy and <laughs> different, you know, and, you know, then our work's kind of done, so... Oh, thank you for cultivating uh, your audience in this way. <laughs> like, no, it's very, it's very, it's very good. It's very important. This. So last, uh, last time for call, last call, four one five nine five two five two seven three, four one five nine five two five two seven three to get a ticket to assist Nostro Bangra tomorrow at Public Works, mm-hmm. and uh, it, we are almost. We are almost going to the end of the show. Stay tuned on KCSF because after it's going to come Ricky playing Soul, Motown, and all the best. Uh, Take Me to the River radio show. Take Me to the River. Take Me to the River radio show. Nice. Yeah. So we want to thank you, Jimmy Love. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And uh, see you tomorrow, uh, Nostal Bangra. Yeah, Public yeah. Works. Get there early. Get there early. Let's play another another remix uh, as a goodbye as a <laughs> <laughs> as a send off as a send off and uh, here we are KCSF World Fridays your community your radio every Friday one to three p.m. Pacific time have a great continuation of the day see you bye.